G'day and welcome to the Hunting Connection Podcast. My name is Zach Williams and I am your host. Here we'll connect you with hunters, fishers and outdoor enthusiasts from around the globe. This podcast will share hunting and fishing stories including past experiences and tackle the tough hunting stereotypes our community faces. We hope to be a positive influence to those outside the community while also having a laugh along the way. Hope you enjoy the podcast. G'day and welcome back to another episode. Today I have Josh from Send It Mate Podcast. Welcome mate, how you doing? Yeah, good thanks mate, yourself? That's good, yeah, good man. Good to finally have you here. Yeah, yeah, it's been a while. It has, it has. <laughs> Too long. So yeah, we've been just sitting around having a couple of drinks and eating some Metworths that, from uh, Joshua Haynes and one of my other mates, Anthony. So Something a- that you can't have enough of is Metworths, it yeah. always goes. Exactly, always. exactly. Yeah. So let's get straight into it. Where are you from, man? And Radelaide. Radelaide? Yeah, good old Born Radelaide. Born Yeah, yeah. Uh, unfortunately, <laughs> some people like it, some people don't. Yeah, yeah. It, it can be a bit of a shithole through your teenage oh. years, but if, as long as you find something to keep you out of trouble and busy. Yeah, look, it, it's a nanny state, that's for sure. When I was a child, I used to get up to a fair bit of mischief with... Caleb, <laughs> to, to keep ourselves busy because there was nothing about... Actually, where you live, I went to school at, at Trinity yep. in Blakeview and none of this was around. None yeah, of this estate yeah, was around. It was all just um, farming land. Yeah, so, so I could only imagine the uh, trouble you guys got up to in this, right, <laughs> in yeah. the paddocks that were out here back yeah, in mate. the day. Yeah, it was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> How old are you, man? 35. 35, sweet. Uh, what do you do for work? Uh, a bit of farming, this and that. Yep. Yeah. Just try and keep it outdoors and, yeah. Keep busy. So had my own block, but, uh, yeah. Too much work. work. No, it was the wrong type of land to, to try and farm on. <laughs> it was a bit hilly. It was, uh, it was right next to the property I hunt goats on. So. Yeah, it was ridiculous, man. It's like, uh, and that's the perfect way to put it, is mountain goat country. Um, but that's all right. We live and learn. We tried yeah. and we were pushing... <laughs> Pushing stuff uphill, but that's it. Also, crap for internet reception and <laughs> yeah, man, everything. You know, at the end of the day, it was what like half an hour from Adelaide and zero reception, <laughs> none. Couldn't even get broadband. No, nah, it was oh, it was just ridiculous. I actually remember hurting myself a few times, and I was down in the in the valley, and I'm like. I can't call anyone. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, I'm stuck. <laughs> so you just wait the pain out and then you sort of keep on pushing. Limp up the hill. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Six hours later, you, you get to your doorstep. It's only 100 metres. <laughs> and then driving down that sketchy driveway, you just hope you didn't have a cramp and go off the edge. <laughs> yeah, man. And the neighbours as well coming up and down. You're like, this road's only big enough for, <laughs> for one car. And somehow you'd have, you'd like somehow make it work. If like the neighbours were coming up and you were coming down, you'd just sort of shimmy as close as you could to the, the upside of the hill. You'd just hope that you're going to the upside and they're going down to the downside. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No flat country out there <laughs> no, whatsoever. definitely not. <laughs> so how'd you get into hunting, man? Uh, look, my father, um, when I was young, he put an air rifle in my hand and he just said, don't mess up. If you do, it's gone. And I sort of shot well, you know, enjoyed it. And then, uh, like, once he saw that I enjoyed it and I was sort of wanting to pursue it, 
he took us out hunting. Um, actually, one of my most memorable hunts is shooting my very first rabbit with my dad. So yeah. I missed probably about <laughs> 10 times before. And I was just, I was, dis- you know, when you miss something and you just get disappointed in yourself, yeah. you're just like, oh, what am I doing wrong? Oh, it's, it's escalated when you're that age. So I, I, I had a very similar upbringing, you know, air rifle, 22. Um, we're chatting before the podcast that we probably ran into each other on the gun range <laughs> yeah. when, when we're both quite young. Um, but yeah, like going goat hunting with my, with my pop, my grandfather and, um, like I can't remember taking my first goat. I'm not even sure if I've shot a goat with a rifle. Mm-hmm. There's a few photos of me posing with a goat with a rifle when I was younger, but I've still got it in my memory, mainly because it's been drilled into my memory from the shit that I get given by my pop still to this day. <laughs> there was a um, goat at probably just a kid at 60, 70 metres, and I had the, uh, it was either the 22 horn or the 22 mag, and I've lined it up and just missed and <laughs> pops grabbed the rifle out my hand and he goes nah you missed you had your shot and then just the whole way back to the car he's like well you missed that's yeah. you didn't get yeah. another shot that's a, that's a nice like way it, it just stood there <laughs> and it's tail flicked up and his joke to this day that that was the goat giving me the finger it's tail sticking up going fuck you <laughs> that's good that's good actually <laughs> what a way to learn though man i would have been seven or eight and i still i'm 28 now and i still get shit every time i see pop it's like you know the goat's still running around with their tails up and i'm like how much shit do i have to shoot to prove myself to you pop well i just don't think that's gonna go away man that's a forever thing yeah that's, that's why i don't like missing in front of the boys so after the rabbit what'd you step up to man um look when i was young um, property was quite hard to get onto um, so we just sort of spent the first few years sticking with rabbits, foxes, roos, um, yep. and goats, um, and then sort of progressed to pigs. So I chased a lot of pigs in Darwin, a lot of barramundi as well, actually. Um, Very envious. Yeah, oh, absolutely. My first barramundi was one meter ten. That's mint, man. My very first barramundi, and I, I, I reckon I spent probably about a month chasing barramundi. Before some old dude with his nuts hanging out of his <laughs> pants at the the um, boat ramp was like, "Oh, using the wrong lures." You got to use these. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, and because he, it was only because it was so obscure looking at him and him while he was talking to us is the only reason why I remembered <laughs> what sort of gear to start using and things like that. Um, anyway, uh, went to pigs, chased pigs for a long time. I only I shot a couple of does when I was a kid, um, or a, a young adult, um, and I've only really just started chasing more deer uh, in the last sort of five six years. Yeah, well, the deer have only grown in numbers since we were kids. You yeah. know, they weren't really around. Yeah. It was mainly goats and stuff. Yeah. Um, it was a boys' club too to get into that sort of stuff. It was very very difficult, and look, it still is today. Uh, to try and get into, but the opportunities are certainly opening up for people. Yeah, there was a lot more pl- uh, pay-to-play properties back then for goats. Like you could go out towards Barra, yeah, and there used to be a bunch of stations you could pay pay your pay your your access fee and you yeah. pay your camping fee, whether you stayed in shearers' quarters or you camped out, and yeah, it was a lot lot better access that day for mm. for that type of thing. Where these days goats are worth a pretty penny and yeah. it's hard to get onto them because of how expensive they are yeah definitely um 
and certainly because of that, the number numbers have, in my opinion, anyway, certainly <coughs> decreased. Um, but there's a there's a property that I hunt pigs on in. It's on the border of New South Wales and Vic, and um, they they used to allow goat hunting all the time, and then slowly but surely they'd get contractors in yeah. just to round the goats up, and then yeah, make it twenty grand or whatever, and exactly you know, twenty grand, grand to the contractors, goats. Yeah. yeah, and then ten grand in the pocket, and that's that's feed. But, yeah, it, it's it's insane, but it's it's good for the farmers that they can make do for it. But mm. you know, here's us complaining like, oh, we don't get to shoot these yeah. <laughs> these shoots anymore, yeah. these goats anymore. You know, it's yeah. pretty selfish on us. Yeah. But <laughs> I'd say goats are harder than deer these days, actually, just to yeah, get access to get access to hundred percent. It's sort of like uh, this is kind of backwards. But it, it is, okay. but you speak to the old timers like my pop. You know, pigs were the abundant thing back then. Like, yeah. I haven't shot a pig in Australia. What? <laughs> I, I haven't even... I've seen one wild pig in Australia. And that really? was out near um, Wentworth when I was a kid. It was a piglet. Uh, it would have been no bigger than this bottle of Bundy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. I've, sh- I've shot a sow in New Zealand. I've shot <laughs> a boar in Mexico. I lost one with a bow in Mexico. And I shot a few piglets. But I have not seen. <laughs> yeah, far out. We'll have to change that, man. Yeah, well, actually, it's funny you mention that because, like, I've hit a lot of pigs on like plains, uh, you know, like I guess farming, farming land, grazing, or pastoral, pastoral land. Sorry, um, and I've never seen a pig in the high country up until a couple of years ago, and I shot my first high country pig. And now I go into the high country and I see pigs everywhere. I'm like, oh my God, what's going on? (laughs) So I've done like four or five trips over to Kangaroo Island. My good mate Aaron lives over there. Got good access for pigs. Have not seen a live pig. They're gone now, man. No, they're they're still over there. He he, he shoots them. Still? Still shoots them. Because I heard the flies pushed them to a to a like one end and then the trouble cold just nah, come and kill they're them. they're still over there. Ah. Um, if not, we can change that. We can always <laughs> take pigs. <laughs> you, you, you just go. <laughs> <laughs> not that we'll release any. <laughs> Jesus. We're moving on. <laughs> <laughs> we'll take a few cats while we're there too. <laughs> yeah. we'll, we'll go visit Barry, get some skins done. I remember watching him on, uh, it must have been SBS or something, man. He looked like a... A real funny character. So you can just rock up at his house and he'll give you a tour. You really? go to American River, oh, knock on his door if he's home. Oh, he'll yeah. Invite you in. You sign his guest book. You can. He normally has stubby holders or caps and yeah. skins you can just buy. He oh. sign. Yeah, he's got his guest book and he'll give you a whole story and rundown. Oh, yeah, he'll show you his wall of cat faces and he'll put on. <laughs> he'll come out. He'll go put his cat's his cat skin jacket on, which is. He's got like pockets and it's the cat's mouths and he's got feathers sticking out the mouths and he'll put his <laughs> oh, put his coon style cat skin hat on. I don't know if this is a good thing. Oh, <laughs> it, it, he's, he's a really cool dude. He's, he's eccentric, <laughs> but he's... <laughs> good God. Yeah, is if, it worth the, the 180 bucks to get across? Oh, if, if you're going over there, it's great fishing. There's yeah. a little bit of hunting yeah. and go see Barry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'd go just to see Barry. Yeah, oh, he's... <laughs> Yeah, he's, he's, a, he's a tripper. Oh, God. So, gear run through. What are you running for deer these days? Um, rifle. What? Caliber? Uh, just three. My, my Seiko 70, sorry, Seiko A7 Rough Tech in 308 with a Night Force NX8. 
Now I've got to get this right. <laughs> it's like a four to thirty-two, six uh-huh. to thirty-two, something like that. Um, probably a little bit of overkill. When I was younger, I used to use, like, I, I used to love like uh, high magnification. Now I find myself dialing back a bit, but I'd rather have it, not need it, than need it, not have it. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. So, um, but that's the rifle that I use essentially. The, my main rifle. Yeah. Um, I'd like to change that. I've got a two to three Ackley improved build coming. Um, inspired by Rich. Uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> actually, yeah, definitely inspired by Rich and Steve. Um, I'm pretty, pretty keen because there's like this. It's like an unspoken, or no, a spoken rule that you can't shoot deer with a two two three. And I, I just look at people and I'm like, oh. It's not just an unspoken rule. It's just because it is a rule in the other states. So yeah, but because the, they they get their licensing done mm-hmm. and two seventies minimum for Samba and yeah, all of that yeah. stuff. You know. But I think that's an outdated rule with the way our projectiles have advanced in technology these days and um i'm very keen to 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 pretty much change over to the two to three one because it's cheaper yeah uh, you know um oh it, it's killed more deer than probably any other caliber yeah but um yeah it's just modeling for the the lowest, the lowest denomi- yeah, denominator yeah, you know so yeah, thanks ron <laughs> thanks, thanks ron yeah you're big oaf. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, and I get that. I do. Um, but at the same time, I, I think I actually think the, the Vic laws need to be adjusted a little bit. 6.5, um, there's no reason you can't hunt with a 6.5 or even a 6 mil or whatever. Um, but that's all right. And then pretty this is what much happens when you have people making laws who don't know what they're talking about, though. That's a scary thing, man, because that's happening... And we just spoke about this before the podcast. That even in licensing, people getting rejected for for silly things uh, when they're applying for for a license. And Social media yeah. posts, yeah. things when they were minors that were sealed yeah. documents, they're still getting denied for. It's yes, it's a scary thought. How it is, and even just like people getting knocked back for having one or like two or more of the same caliber. Like yeah, I'm hearing stories of people with 22s. Like they might have two or three 22s, and then not rim four. Yeah, rim here four. in SA. Yeah, in SA. Far out. That's ridiculous. Like um, even two seventies. Like you know, I've got to admit, I was worried because I I have a three hundred eight and uh, ticket A one tack, um, and I wanted to get a lighter rifle to hunt with, and I I threw up the idea of many calibers, and I thought, oh, you know what, I'll just keep it simple and stay with a three hundred eight. And I was I was actually worried because I'm like, are they going to approve this? Yeah. And I filled out the the uh, reason um, as to why I wanted another three eight, and it got knocked back the first time, but the second time it went through, and it only got knocked back, I think, because I had put the reasoning down for the first three eight, so it was like, yeah. oh, well, hang on, one of the reasons anyway, but. Yeah, I was, I was even worried putting my application through for my 300 win mag, knowing that I got the 270 and it's it's deer capable. Mm-hmm. But I just put down like long distance game shooting and all of that type of stuff to yeah, just everything I could think of to yeah. get it approved. But it's it's a ridiculous process that you have to prove yourself even after you've proven yourself and got yourself a license. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, I will just say that there's one good thing... Um, 
I guess with South Australia is permits to acquire, if they do approve it, it's generally back now after your first rifle within a couple of days. Oh, electronic, um, man. It's yeah. My 300 was approved in less than 24 hours. Yeah, that's so. outstanding. And that's the way it should be. Yeah, yeah. Like maybe your first one, yeah, I can understand waiting the 21 days or whatever, but uh, after that, no. Nah, no, nah, nah, exactly. No point. The, the electronic system's much better yeah. than, you know. Yeah, definitely. Um, that's a step in the right direction, but we just need to keep our voice open as shooters to, to I guess, gain further traction with with some of the laws. Hit up your local friendly firearms politicians, man. That's that's the best way to do it. Yeah, but we try and work out, out who they are. Shooters, <laughs> yeah. fishers, farmers quiet. are probably our <laughs> our best in this state. You know, you know who I liked actually, the um, Liberal Democrats. Yeah, um, I, I don't do politics. I don't really pay attention unless I see yeah. shooters. In <laughs> Bob, Bob Catterman, like, uh, and David Linehelm, they were two two very, very cool characters. <laughs> but I'll leave that for another time. <laughs> <laughs> so what pack in that are you running? Mm. You're running a bino harness as well and binos? Yeah, so just the Alaskan Guide uh, Kiss uh, bino harness. Very nice. Um, I'd... I'd there's a couple of things that I won't cheap out on because of what I learned in the army, and that's packs and boots, and rifles um, and scopes and everything else. Well, that, that's a. <laughs> I, th- I think, well, actually, like, there's no reason to go like you know crazy with money on rifles. I mean, a Howard will do the same job at the end of the day. It's going to, um, but boots and packs. Actually, the pack that I've got is the Kafaru forty four mag. Um, I wish I had that pack in the army. Yeah. Um, it's load lifters and things like that just completely reduce the weight on the shoulders and put it all on the hips. Yeah, so uh, I've got a Tatonka. I'm not sure if you're familiar with those brands, mm-hmm. but um, they sell them. They have an actual army pack that they sell, and mm-hmm. I got Luke one. Mm-hmm. There was a bloke flogging one off on Facebook for 100 bucks. I'm like, Luke, you need to get this pack. You know, it's a $600 pack and he got it for 100 bucks. Yeah, that's not bad. Brand new, still had the tags on it. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, they're very much the same. All, all the yeah. weight on the hips rather than the shoulders. Mm. So it's just that's what you, that's That's essentially what you need to look for in a pack. That and then the rest of the design, what zips, whether it's front, lot zips or top zips so that just comes down to personal preference i hate rummaging through the top of a pack to get down the bottom yeah so i like something that you can fold open and get a bird's eye view of the whole interior essentially yes yeah. what um how many literage is that pack 44 44 44 yeah so it's, it's actually a relatively so small pack it's a good good medium size pack yeah it is it is good and pack. this is the other thing the army taught me to be able to live out of a relatively small pack um, for a long period of time. So uh, some of the things you sort of know what you want to take. So, okay, I'm going to take a nice cold weather jumper or whatever. Um, and then other things you can get rid of. Oh, I don't need uh, a wimp mat or something like that. I use one now because yeah. I'm old. <laughs> but, <laughs> I, I carry too much. Like my pack's 75 litres plus 10. So it's a, Jesus, it's a huge pack, man. <laughs> Is it... Is it full when you when you're loading it? Not always. No, not always. <laughs> you know, if I if I want a coffee and noodles and you know when I took Ilias and and Luke out and when we went for a goat hunt, mm-hmm. I took you know the camp stove and 
sometimes stove. Yeah, man. What about a fire? Just a few no, sticks no, in camp, a grill plate. Camp stove. I took seasoning. I took oil. <laughs> I took everything. You know, my, my little hiking, my little hiking chair. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've got to admit that's that's definitely worthwhile. So I got a little on on my little local deer block. I got a little ground blind that I build up every every start of every rut. You mm-hmm. know, I've already started building it up now, getting it ready. So I, I put my chair in, fold it out in the morning, and just sit there. Yeah, that's but, all you want. Yeah, a bit oh, of com- comfort. I can pack. I can debone a whole deer in the field and put the whole deer in there. I could probably fit two in there, being seventy-five liter. Doe or a buck or a steak. I could put two does in there, easy. Two does, easy. Well, yeah. With the gear and how far are you walking out? <laughs> sometimes it's five hundred meters. Sometimes it's a few k's. You know, I'm not doing. I'm not doing the distance that you guys are doing. But you know, oh good god, yeah, I, I would not do that in big high country. Yeah, not not the no. high country. I, you know, I did New Zealand a couple of years back, and I I didn't have that pack. I had a smaller pack, a fifty five liter, and yeah, I had that packed. I had stuff taped to the sides and mm-hmm. tied to the sides, and I'd died coming out you know yeah. coming out of the out of the forest i probably had 10 kilos of antlers strapped <laughs> casties <laughs> yeah casties and deadheads just <laughs> duct taped together and bundled yeah. onto the pick your favorite one and leave the rest <laughs> <laughs> did you learn that, that was 10 kilos of the best ones i liked <laughs> I, I, oh, I, I left the bad ones did you did you find out in that sort of trial and error what you you can ditch and do without? Yes, but I'd probably still take a lot of the same shit just for comfort. Yeah. You know, we took, you know, we both took a six pack in with us. We both mm. took chops and we took lollies and yeah. You know. This is why you get just a bottle of Fireball. You don't need a mixer. <laughs> Seven hundred mil, good. Stick yeah. that in the pack. Yeah, that'll last the day. <laughs> Jeez. But man, it's cold. It's cold over there. It's cold. Yeah. What binos are you running? Uh, actually, a little just uh, Vortex Diamondback. Um, Very nice. 10x42s. The KISS pouch is small, so it won't accept 50mm uh, objective lens. Um, and to be honest, I don't think I'll change. I've got a friend that has uh, some Swarovski uh, binos, and look, they're clear and they are amazing. But once you've picked up the deer, that's all you need it for. You know, pick up the deer and then... I'm kind of lucky I've got the 32 power on the night for, so if I want to check out its rack, you know, can do that. Yeah, yeah. you just, just need it to pick, pick them up on, yeah. Um, boots, what boots are you running? So uh, boots have gone through a bit of a whirlwind. Uh, through the Army I was running Garmin T8s. I personally don't like a heavy boot and I don't like a full leather stiff boot. Um, my feet, I've had major re- uh, recorrective surgery on both feet. Um, to all my Achilles and all the rest of it, um, and for some reason, they just they do not like a stiff boot. So anyway, I used Garmin T8s throughout the army. They were amazing, perfect. Highly recommend them. Um, and I actually went and uh, I sort of bought a pair off of Delta Tacti- uh, Delta Tactical uh, Garmin Nemesis. Make sure you check those guys out on Instagram. Yeah. They're a- yeah, good bunch of blokes. Definitely. Um, and they've got a good selection of, of boots um, to choose from. But anyway, the, the I was a bit hesitant on the, the Nemesis because I hadn't used them before and I, I bought them. Um, and they're a good sort of 
they're not waterproof, but they're water resistant. Um, they're not insulated, but like we live in a desert, bro. So you don't need an insulated boot even in even in bloody winter. Um, You're just not hunting the right spots, mate. Yeah, I hunted the snow actually in some. Uh, they were Under Armour uh, vow sets, and that was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was not fun. <laughs> yeah, I just do you run high boots or short or medium? Nah, sure, short. I run shorties, man. Um, and I don't care about snakes. I don't run gators and shit like that. I've spent oh, so many years out bush, and I've seen heaps of snakes. I've nearly stepped on a few, and touch wood, <laughs> um, I've never been struck. I'm I the, I'm I the just, idiot that goes picks them up. But yeah, I, snakes don't bother me either. Yeah. I, the only reason I wear gaiters is for the prickles. I hate the yeah. prick, prickles working down into your socks. And then having a chat with Richard on the podcast a couple of weeks back, he brought up a good reasoning to wear them when it's wet, mm. just to stop the yeah, water, water from the going down your trousers into yeah. your socks. So yeah. I'm going to be trying that when it starts getting a bit wet here. So yeah. Probably, yeah. Actually, I might give it a go and then eat my own hat. Um, with the whole gator thing, but as we all do, yeah, <laughs> like for for that very reason, just to keep my trousers wet. But I, I, one of the comfort items I put in my pack actually is a pair of trackies, um, and I sleep in trackies. So I have this full routine when I'm out bush to try and get the best night's sleep I possibly, excuse me, possibly can. And one of those things is I will actually like do a bit of a bird bath, a little bit of a pommy wash, and the other thing is I'll put track pants on. Because uh, you sort of feel like you know you're at home watching TV on the couch or whatever. Yeah, my next um my next hunt backpack hunting trip, I'll be definitely putting wet ones in. I've learned that yeah. lesson yeah. after doing New yeah. Zealand washing yourself in a creek. Wet ones would have been so much more convenient. Yeah, yeah. See, I'm I'm not fussed about like the cold, like getting wet and getting cold. I not, didn't not think I was either, and yeah. I thought I was. Pretty well suited <laughs> yeah, I until, until I went to New Zealand, man. Yeah. I was cold <laughs> okay. and wet and miserable. Like, it was probably only five degrees, but... but that's part of the fun. You're wet constantly. <laughs> I I got the Huntec um, hiking tent, two-man thing, but it's got no, no floor, so mm-hmm. it's just like a tent. You, it's got one pole. You put a hiking pole or a stick at the front, to, and I just had a cheap um, blow-up mattress mm-hmm. so it wasn't very well insulated and I like even I was in a minus five sleeping bag and I was just cold oh. all night and chatting to the people they're like what are you sleeping in and I'm like all my all my stuff still and they're like don't sleep in clothes yeah. Yeah. wear less yeah. the, you wear less in a sleeping bag the warmer you'll be and yeah. I started getting, getting a bit better but uh, next time I'm gonna put a um, hot water bottle in my pack yeah man um, yeah, people I'll, laugh at me for a hot water bottle. I'm like, yep, don't knock it, do try it. There's two things I like about it. It's extra water in the bottom of your pack in mm-hmm. case you need it. Mm-hmm. And you'd be so much toastier at night, man. Yeah, man. And that and Chucky, well, I mean, they've got four-season gas now, but the old um, butane gas didn't flow in cold weather. And that's so I slept that's with the my biggest gas. issue that I had in New Zealand mm-hmm. was that the gas wasn't... So my put burner was sleeping bag. Like... To do two-minute noodles, it took me 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Dead set. Uh, just sleeping with the gas in your bag and uh, it'll just keep it like that sort that of... Temperature, like temperature, body temperature. Mm. Yeah, it'll work. It's a good um, idea. Definitely, actually. But, and sleeping bags, minus five. Far, yeah. I haven't used a minus five for ages. I actually use a minus 15 permanently 
Um, and if I'm too hot, I'll just unzip it. Yeah, that I was borrowing the sleeping bag, so that's definitely what I'll get. <laughs> so I've been <laughs> cracked in before. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's lovely. Yeah, but um, it was, yeah, I, it was the coldest and miserable as I've ever been, man. Like, just putting yeah. wet socks in. Like, it is so hard to get motivated to go out the next morning yeah. when you're putting wet socks on, wet boots, wet pants. Like, I Good. had my camp stuff and I had my... Welcome to the army. Oh, <laughs> it's, it's exactly I, what it I, is. I'm too soft for the army, man. <laughs> to, to be honest, I'd wear I'd wear a stiff boot and a, an insulated and waterproof boot for for Vic, but uh, for New Zealand if I was there. But uh, yeah, there's definitely some gear that you shouldn't cheap out on. And a floor on a tent, I figure that would would be quite self-explanatory. Well, it wasn't wasn't that bad. Like the the floor didn't bother me. It was yeah. just just a non well insulated mm-hmm. mattress. If you got a Therm rest or something like that. Yeah. You know, this was just a BCF, self in, not self-inflating, but blow it up and it's got no. So all of that cold air coming up straight from the ground yeah. into it. Did you have a silk liner? No. Ooh, jeez. Yeah. yeah. I, I roughed it, man. It was one of the hardest, hardest five days of my life. Man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. That doesn't sound too comfortable. <laughs> I guess, like, these little things, though, you pick up as you go and you're... They're different for every uh, everybody because, you know, some people might not care so much about being cold at night, but being wet and putting wet socks on might drive them insane. That's yeah. the other thing I carry is well, I sleep in cold conditions, so I'll have a pair of socks that are dedicated what to sleeping. socks do you wear? Do you go bamboo, wool, cotton? Uh, so I run two. Two different types. I actually run the good old, what are they, that you can pick up from like uh, Woolies? Yeah, yeah, I know the oh, ones you Explorer. Talking. Explorers, yeah. Um, and the other one I wear is like a, a, a waterproof. It's it's like, oh, what's your wetsuit material? Neoprene. Neoprene, yeah. So I've yeah. been running bamboo socks mm-hmm. um, the last few years and yeah, insane. Yeah. Like yeah. you don't get any of the, like the sweating as you yeah. do. yeah. And you can wear them for days. Good like to wick away the sweat yeah, and all it's, that. Oh, it's heaps better than wool. It's heaps mm-hmm. better than cotton and all of yeah. that other shit, all the synthetic shit. Yeah. I so wear, much better. I wear uh, bamboo jocks, actually. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the, um, yeah, they're, they're great. What's what's the ads ads for them ones? I, th- I think I know. <laughs> <laughs> but look, they're great for that reason. Actually, that comes into um, like my clothes. Uh, I took a gamble on Numa, actually. Uh, they're a, an American company clothing. And they that actually have been really good. But the problem was I bought them and they only had like a desert cam pattern. Yeah. And then like a month after I bought them, I spent about 1200 bucks on some kit. And uh, they come out with a new woodlands <laughs> pattern. I'm like, God damn, <laughs> why? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's why I went hunt tech. They're just mm-hmm. a good all round. They got, they got like the... Just the plain deserty colour. They got the plain like just jungle green colour, and then mm-hmm. they got their their highlands camo. Yeah, and yeah. that I haven't found a spot it doesn't work in. You know, I've yeah, New Zealand, Mexico, Texas. It's it's been pretty well suited for all of it. So to be honest, their pants that they do actually intrigue me. The Huntech. Yeah, yeah. Oh, they've sort of got some really good stuff lately. Mm-hmm. They've got um stuff with knee pads, not mm-hmm. knee pads, but um like a real hard hard type of over your knees and then yeah. they got a spot so you, when you sit down on wet grass you don't get a wet ass because yeah, it's yeah. got that little little bit between you and the 
yeah. in the pan. It's it's wicked. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The, like, the technology behind it, the hunting clothing's come a long way. My dad actually keep, just, he keeps coming. It does. And my dad just bought some uh, Hunter's Element jacket after. So we've been hunting a few times with dad in the last couple of years. He's getting a bit older and a bit slower, so he doesn't get out as much. And for anyone um, listen, that listens to the Sender Mate podcast, that's, yeah. that's Peter. 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 And uh, anyway, we were out with Richie a couple of times, and like dad. Didn't put on a, a rain jacket or anything like that. We, we've been in the middle of this, like, absolutely bucketing down hunt. And everyone else is like, fine, we've got a rain jacket. And Dad's just miserable standing there. And Rich just kept digging at him. He's like, Peter, you, you need to put a fucking jacket on. He didn't. And he finally, he, he got a bit of a Christmas present this year. And it was a Hunter's Element gift Gift card. He's got that old school farmer mentality, though, yeah. doesn't he? Yeah, he's just no. It's, I call it stupid. <laughs> <laughs> that works too. I call it stupid. I love you, Dad, but <laughs> Jesus, man, <laughs> he thinks he's got something to prove. And like, I'll sit him and I'll be like, Dad, you like the oldest at camp? How about you just sit down, relax, and make everyone get you a beer. He's he like, nope, nope. He can't, he can't have his son showing him up, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. What's your uh, top beginner tip for someone getting into hunting and shooting? Oh. I'd, I probably was against this when I was younger, but I would say now join a club. So some, something like the ADA? Yeah, ADA or, or your gun range. Your gun range, ranges can be really bad, actually. There's too many dinosaurs in a gun range and they just need to move on. There's um, reason I don't go to yeah, a gun range. Yeah, and it's it's terrible. Um, having said that, so, yeah, probably something more like ADA um, and surround yourself with uh, someone that knows what they're doing there. Um and it'll give you a foothold into the, the hunting community, like a leg up that, you know, it'll just help. Yeah, a few people lately, um, Josh, Rich, you, um, Mark and Ian from the Campfire podcast, um, the Hunting Campfire podcast, they have have changed my mind on what the ADA is like in, yeah. in recent months. Yeah. Just because, you know... Once I was getting into deer hunting, like all the stories I was hearing, it was mm-hmm. quite only you know. I think it's changed dinosaurs, a lot, but it and sounds it, like recent recent years yeah. it's changed and it's going towards more new hunters and getting people out there. Yeah, definitely, and I, I think it does sort of matter on the branch that you join. Um, just be a little cluey on that, um, but at the end of the day, uh, they the ADA is a wealth of knowledge and i think you're right they're they're starting to go okay we need new members and oh not starting to i think they're they're well past this we need new members and new people Um, yeah because without new people it's um yeah it's a a dying sport that's for sure yeah that's shooting in general not even sport Mm. i I hate calling it a sport well shooting in general man unless there's new people and unless we we start making noise um for our rights as shooters, like it, it's just going to die off. And the good old saying is the squeaky wheel gets the grease, man. Yeah, 100%. Mm. Mm. What are your top five beginner, top items for a beginner? Oh, 
This depends. What are, what are they going to hunt? Well, we're talking about hunting or shooting. Yeah, hunt, hunting. So just hunting. general hunting from Ooh. rabbits to deer. Say binos. Um, Don't cheap out. Get it. Get yeah. yourself a yeah. you know a medium pair of vortex or something like yeah. you've got. Or just a set of binos. No, because you got not what, your BCF you say? You got, binos. You, nah, you got yeah. Diamondbacks. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, I recommend them. They're they're a decent price for mm. someone that's getting into yeah. it. Max four hundred bucks, man. Yeah, or, you know you might get them cheaper uh, on sale. If you can same. afford more, do your research. I, I yeah. run Mavens mm-hmm. for the price they are. Their quality is How up much? there with. Um, I think the pair I have would be that seven eight hundred dollar mark. Yeah, geez, that's a lot. Yeah, but that's still compared to. Swarovskis yeah, okay. and yeah. all of that, yeah. but the glass quality because it's Japanese glass, it's mm-hmm. it's yeah, it's way up there. Yeah, so it's it's weird. Glass is one of those things where, like when I was a kid, uh, HD glass was sort of like the forefront of technology, and now it's standard. Yeah, you know, it's almost standard, I should say. So you, you know, your quality of glass in a beginner's level now is just. But it, it's it's extreme. Yeah, I, I went from a cheap... So my first pair of binoculars were a brand new pair, mm-hmm. but from Cashies for 50 bucks. Sorry. No, nah, all good. For 50 bucks. Mm-hmm. They were big, they were horrible, and you could not see shit. But it was like, oh, these, these are wicked because I didn't yeah. have binos before. Yeah. And then I went to a pair of Bushnells from BCF. Mm-hmm. 200, 150, 200 bucks. I was working there, so a little bit cheaper. Um, they had a zoom, like a decent zoom on them. I'm like, oh, these are sick. Mm-hmm. I can finally tell the difference between a stump and a <laughs> and a goat at a couple hundred meters. Uh, unless you're Ron and is 20 meters away, it's a cat, <laughs> and it's not really a cat; it's a black stump. Been there, man. <laughs> <laughs> and then once I got the mavens, I'm like, holy shit! I can actually tell. <laughs> what I'm looking at, but I can see all the bits and pieces between. I can see just like there's a, I could tell the different trees apart. Mm-hmm. I could tell different rocks. I'm like, oh, there's a goat. There's more goats, you know. It, 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 it's a it's a game changer, that's yeah, for definitely. sure. Decent binos. Yeah, without a doubt. And especially if you're going to get into like deer or pig or sort of like Medium size game, I'll say. It, Even small game, man. Like hunting yeah, rabbits, rabbits, I use and hares. I use the binos yeah. all the time. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I, I went out with, and I'm talking like during the day, not just. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Late late evening, I find is is your glass quality comes into to play on that low light switch. That's probably uh, for for rabbits. For me, I'll, I'll I used to use just my scope on my twenty two. Um, and then I just got tired of waving a big stick around. Yeah, <laughs> so. on that Hunter's Campfire podcast I was talking about, um, I'm just catching up on the episodes now, but the episode I was one of the episodes I was listening today, they were talking about not having your binos better than your scope because if you're looking at an animal on that first morning, last light, and you can see it really well with your binos, mm-hmm. but then you've got an average scope, and you can't make out what you're seeing. Yeah. So yeah. you want to get that. Look, that's that's probably my other my other item for a beginner. Actually, is you can buy a seven hundred dollar rifle, but you know what? 
put fourteen hundred bucks worth of optics on it, or buy the best bloody optics you can possibly buy for it. Because um, don't I, look at my rifles then. <laughs> well, I just think one tracking of the scope and and the glass obviously quality does vary a little bit, but more so for me, the the tracking, um, and the adjustability on your higher end scopes. If you go something that's dialable, um, I'd I'd recommend going straight to that. I, I probably wouldn't mess around. That's just having said that. That's my style of hunting. Um, I'd rather dial than aim off. Yeah. Because um, in my mind, I'm owing that animal the best shot I can possibly uh, take. So for me, it's just that next step of precision. Uh, not to say that you can't do it. There are plenty of people out there uh, that don't use them. Uh, but that's that's how I roll. Night force, baby. So binos, <laughs> scope. You mentioned earlier boots and a bag. So that puts you... At about four, what's your fifth one? Yeah, all right. My fifth one. Um, I'd probably actually say don't get caught up in the trivial things, you know. Um, you don't have to buy backcountry dehydes. You can buy two-minute noodles. You don't have to buy a full-drive ute. You can buy a car, and there's a couple of hunters uh, like um, Aussie Bush Harvest. He started out running, I think it was a little hatch or something like that, just to get to the start of the property, and then he'd walk. You had him on your yeah. podcast? No, 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 no. no. When just watching his YouTube. I was um, listening to one of your podcasts a while ago, and very similar. I think it was um, Venison Diplomat. Yeah, um, yeah, he he had very similar story. Started off in a two wheel drive, and yeah, man, yeah. parked at the yeah. the start of the property and just walked out. I had very similar, you know, mm. when I first really started getting into hunting. I had a Daewoo Lanos. Yeah, so I'd had this thing packed full of bows and knives and hunting packs, and you know, this is a two door hatchback. And yep. then I'd be putting three, four dead goats in the back and then I've got photos of deer in the boot of my falcon. And, <laughs> and that's, look, as long as it gets you there and gets you home, that's that's all you want. Um, you know, your legs can do the rest, man, uh, to be honest. I would say I don't, I don't carry navigational equipment, actually, which is kind of weird. Um, if I'm in the high country, I might chuck in a compass, but I can map the ground pretty well. Um, yeah, I'm pretty good with direction. I've, mm. But I, I've been running Onyx Maps, oh, the free have. trial on my yeah. phone for the last two years. Yeah. So with my hunting blocks, I actually have them all mapped out, all the hey. perimeter mapped out because yeah. on the free function, you can still do all that. Yeah. The paying stuff only pays for the states. So you just pick any. It starts off, it shows you mm-hmm. all the 48 states mm-hmm. in, a, in the states. You pick whatever one mm-hmm. and then you just go... Scroll down to Australia, mm-hmm. and then you can map out your property. You That's can put cool. all your pins on there. So I've got all my trail cameras marked out on there. I've got, yeah. you know, any scrapes that are used multiple times a year. If I found find a new scrape, if I find a casty, yeah, I'll yeah. put that in there. Yeah, right. So if I'm back in that area, I'll just have Gives another. Gives you a bit of what like, data. Yeah, yeah. So I'd, I've got. That's what I was going to say. Is is I recommend to use something like. A GPS or a, or a mapping sort of system. Yeah, definitely. Um, well, with your phones these days, it does pretty much. And Onyx Maps, if you you can still pick an area you're hunting while you're online, mm-hmm. and you can save that area. What about offline? offline? 
you can save it for. Can offline. you get in there offline? Yep, if you save it offline. Oh right, so, so not you, if you're out there and you don't have it saved. So you can have it saved, but majority of it's it's satellite. So as long as you've got okay. that bit saved, you'll have yeah. that satellite position. Yeah, yeah, constantly. So so that's one thing that I do use, uh, and I'm I'm saying this not to not to follow in my footsteps of using not using any nav- navigational aid. I'm saying use it if you're a beginner. Um, but the more to explore it, actually, if you're hunting Vic, man, I do use that. A lot and a lot of the times it's just to check boundaries but i have to admit their offline system is still pretty good yeah so onyx maps is is very <laughs> very similar, very similar. Yeah. um you just don't get the boundaries the, the boundaries and yeah. stuff that you yeah. do on it's highly important you can yeah. map that out yourself yeah um you know at the properties i hunt i just map it out from the fence line so you can just crop crop your your area yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. You've got some pins. You just mark out. I just follow the fence line and mm-hmm. just do the boundary line that way. Yep. Um, if I shoot something and I'm having trouble tracking it, I'll mm-hmm. just put a pin where I'm standing mm-hmm. and then put pins on all the blood blood spots and then I can go back. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, yeah very so good idea. I might you, check out Onyx. It's it's yeah. it's worth it. I, I, I use it. You can track yourself while you're out there. You just put mm-hmm. it in your pocket and... Mm-hmm. Tells you all your stuff like your Garmin watches and that do, but it's yeah. it shows it up on the map so you can see yeah yep, yep. where where to go and yeah compass and all of that stuff built in on it so oh right yeah, yeah accurate compass reasonably reasonably yeah you know I've, yeah I've, I do find like if you just if you know your cardinal points man map the ground big features you're good oh, yeah. I've been out with some people that you know. I went out to one property with one of my mates. Sorry, Liam. Um, we walked probably 500 metres one direction. Did not turn, did not, just completely straight. Mm-hmm. Said to him, all right, Liam, where's the car from here? <laughs> he points straight ahead. Oh, dear. And I, I'm like, how can the car be straight ahead? We've walked 500 metres in one direction. It is behind us. Like... Oh dear. I've never met someone more useless with direction, but geographically embarrassed, man. Oh, but you know, people like us, we've grown up doing this type of stuff. You would have more experience than anyone being in oh. the army yeah, and all of that. So all of that's drilled into you to learn all of these. You can't have to be pretty switched with that sort of shit. I, I, I do have to admit, I do study my maps before going away yeah. a lot, and I'll use Google Earth too. Yeah, I, I use even yeah. even my normal properties. I'll still hit Google Earth. And, yeah, you know definitely. the changing conditions because they're constantly yeah. updating the satellite yeah. imagery. And and your vegetation changes yeah. uh, dramatically. Actually, there's one particular place I go in Victoria on Crown Land, um, and the fires that went through it, and boy, did it like everything just changed because you could see the folds yeah. suddenly in the land all of a sudden because there was no thick vegetation. Yeah. You're like Whoa! You sort of—I knew where it was, but it, it just had changed. And, and that three D yeah. imaging that some of those satellite yeah, maps have—that's that's a game changer. You can changer. you can do that without um, without uh, 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 an app or anything like that. You just simply plot a graph on your contour lines, yeah, and that'll give you a three D image. Yeah, um, that's pretty easy to do, to be honest. But we're lucky we don't have to have paper maps yeah. and all of that. Yeah. <laughs> to learn I, I would have been used. Yeah. yeah, it was it was a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, why am I doing this? <laughs> oh, put me in the bush. I can find my way out. Put me in the city. I, I can tell you what. Tr- like, 
in the bush, I can tell you what tree to turn at to get back to the car, you know. In in the city, I can't even remember. For, and I'm a truck delivery truck driver. I, GPS you know, yeah, the whole way. I'll go to the same job five days in a row and I'll put the GPS on to go there and I'll put the GPS on to yeah, go back. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Bloody oath, man. Yeah, definitely. Without a doubt. Zombie apocalypse weapon. What are you going are we talking Australian spec or Astra- yeah? What Australian you, spec? Yeah. Can I, what can what can you I, can get here? Can I pour a rum first? Yep, sure can. We were just talking before the podcast, actually, how much Senate mate drinks on a podcast. <laughs> That's. I don't think Josh has ever been so sober doing a podcast. I think he's struggling. <laughs> yeah, man. I haven't said <laughs> too many naughty words. Actually, it's good. Good, maybe I should try this. <laughs> Caleb, Ryan, are you listening, mate? Oh, God, Ryan won't. <laughs> actually, actually, I'm wrong. A couple times last year, Ryan didn't finish his club. Where? <laughs> He's pouring a drink. Don't don't stress, guys. Ryan didn't finish his glass. <laughs> a couple, to- couple nights, you know. That's only because you got a bottle each. Oh, God, yeah, it gets pretty, pretty yeah, bad. Yeah. Actually, one of our listeners sent us a, a nice care package with... Uh, two bottles of wine and a bottle of moonshine, and we're midway through the. Well, we've pretty much finished the moonshine. Um, it was a twenty-liter jug of moonshine, <laughs> wasn't it? <laughs> it, was a, it was only a little one, but uh, he's Caleb's messaged the guy uh, and said, "Oh, thanks for the moonshine." And he's like, "Yeah, it goes well with the ginger ale." <laughs> and it's just like dot dot dot. You're supposed to premix this stuff. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's like ninety-eight percent proof. <laughs> I said to the boys before we started, I said, oh, let's all, let's literally get blind. <laughs> <laughs> but all right, zombie apocalypse, Australian. I'd actually probably go with a Warwick. Warwick? Yeah. Uh, we all knew that was coming. Yeah. Um, look, I, it, I couldn't, couldn't count how many times you mentioned them on your, yeah, uh, on yeah. send it, mate. Yeah. Definitely should be a brand ambassador. <laughs> no. Um, look, I'm familiar with the platform, a uh, lot, very familiar with the platform. So lot like AR style yeah. platform. Um, and to be honest, man, 30 round mag, you know, a couple of optics on it. Like maybe I'd put something or maybe a, maybe a nice night force on there. And then I'd put a, a, a red dot or a reflex sight on a 45 degree. Yeah, yeah definitely. Oversized nice. charging handle, man, yeah. seven mags. Yeah, yeah, the first the first couple have been were swords, and then oh Rich, Rich is like, yeah, if I could get it my hands on an AR, I'd, I'd yeah, go on yeah, AR. And definitely, then you and Josh had taken it away with rifles. I think Josh said an Adler last week. So. Oh God, yeah, cool. <laughs> Boy, that dude is absolutely insane with his Adler on the back of a U. Yeah, I've, oh, I've, heard, I've heard your story. Jesus, man, Caleb was shitting his pants actually when we were out there. Like, first time Caleb been out, like, I guess, how do I put this? Like, Aussie redneck shooting. Um, and it was under the candle, so spotlight. And, yeah, I actually was hugging Caleb because he was trying to hold the shotgun. That was before you before you went out shooting? <laughs> yeah, or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was a cold night. Um, but I was hugging him so he wouldn't sort of, like, fall off. He was shitting his pants, and then Josh was also acting as a barricade, so he didn't fall off. <laughs> like Caleb didn't fall off, um, but yeah, he's definitely a weapon with yeah. that Adler. Haynes is more arse than class, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta, I gotta ask, actually, what's yours? Don't say crossbow. 
I <laughs> <laughs> he's I'm, pointing I'm, to it to a, a a plethora of bows on his walls. But I, I got the crossbow up there. It's got a scope. I can change that out to. I got the the iron iron scopes there sitting there. You know, I'm a big fan of the Walking Dead. Um, yeah. So yeah, either probably go the cross uh, the compound. Probably not my hunting bow, but my actual fishing bows because they're a lighter poundage. Yeah. And just easy to draw back. Yeah, that's. <laughs> I feel, I feel like that's a terrible choice. <laughs> as long as it slow zombies and not like, like twenty eight day later. Didn't didn't Mythbusters do a thing on this and they actually found that an, like an axe or an edged weapon was better. I'm pretty sure they. Did. They didn't have me there. <laughs> <laughs> actually, talking about bows, man, you got a couple of stick bows here. I'm very intrigued. Yeah, like I said before, your best best option is to hit Ilias Ilias up that, and Luke. Yeah, but both of those boys know their yeah their stick bows or um Jack Spinks if any of you guys are following him, he's just a yeah yeah insane trad trad archer man. I'm keen. Like I said before, is I've got sort of some goals to reach before I go diving fully into the bow world. Just do it. Put your big boy pants on Bro, and just do it. Look, yeah, nah. <laughs> just do it. Nah, because that's a ra- another rabbit hole I'll get lost in. You've got a damn blow dart here as well. <laughs> yeah, blow pipe. Yeah. Yeah, I've got a bit of everything. <laughs> is that a, what's that, uh, the, is that a practice bow? Yeah, an Aki bow. So. I yeah. um, stuffed up my shoulder a little while, well, a few years back and got yeah. that just to, Help with the drawing. You can yeah. get like a iPhone app for it, and you can sit your iPhone on there and play hunting games and bow fishing games and that now yeah. with the new the new apps and stuff. Yeah, it's right. So if you have troubles with the shoulders, it's, it goes from like five to seventy pound. Oh so. right. Won't have to. Won't have to say that to my dad. Actually, he's struggling to get his bow back these days. Yeah, it's it's good. And there's another um, thing that you can get for a compound bow. Mm-hmm. It kind of turns it into a, a vertical crossbow. So it's something that you mount on the side of your bow and you draw the bow back and it locks into place. Mm-hmm. And then you've just got your, your release aid right. and it just holds it. So you can, you've got a, like, like on the front of the crossbow, you've got the spot where you put your foot in. So you mm-hmm. draw it like a crossbow. Mm-hmm. Clips into place and then you oh. shoot it that that way. I think I've seen that the yeah. vertical crossbow. Yeah. yeah, but it's you can mount it on any of your any oh. of your compound bows. So that yeah, if you have really bad shoulders and you still want to shoot a compound, mm-hmm. that sounds just as terrible for a zombie apocalypse <laughs> weapon. <laughs> that that would be worse. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jeez, <laughs> no. Nah. Don't reckon I could do that. (laughs) Definitely have to have gunpowder in it for me. What have you forgotten on a hunt? Oh, not so much a hunt. Actually, I'm pretty switched because I'll pack like a week before. Yeah, you've got the big whiteboard. Yeah, you've got got everything planned down to a T. That's that's the army shit coming out in you. Yeah, it is. It is ridiculous. Like full whiteboard checklist and. I'll pack a week before and then I'll repack 
like a couple of days before going. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's insane. I'm actually the one thing I'm organised with is my hunting. <laughs> my rest of my life is shams, but um, it's hunting, just send it. Yeah, hunting's uh, next level for me. Um, and what were we talking about? What have you forgotten? Or not? Oh, that's right. Um, so it wasn't so much of a hunt, but my first deer count with ADA, I forgot binos. I was like. <laughs> <laughs> They're pretty important. Like, you can get away uh, without them, but yeah, I was like, everyone else has got their binos. I'm like, yep, yeah, cool. Yeah, Hainsy's <laughs> Hainsy's one last episode was good. He um, grabbed the wrong ammunition for a rifle. Oh yeah, that'll do it. Yeah. Or or and his mate that he was meeting up with did the exact same thing. So they both had two guns between them and no and ammo. No ammo. Oh no. And he and he was saying that. They went through this guy's farm ute and found one round and then got a deer with it. <laughs> that's gold. <laughs> that is perfect. That's a good story, to be honest. Yeah, that's, I, that's one I, that you tell your kids. Yeah, I thought that was good. There was a period here in South Australia where, when I was growing up, I thought it was illegal to travel with your, your bolt in, yeah. your, in your gun. That's a so very common It's a misconception, misconception. yeah. Due um, to the other states. Yeah, exactly. But I got into a habit of removing them, and I did actually forget the bolts one day. Uh, but I think we made it like two hundred meters down the road, and I was like, "What?" Yeah, <laughs> I, I think my grandpa's forgot bolts a couple times, and yeah. then removing them, people have lost bolts, and yeah, yeah I've heard all yeah. sorts of horror or stories. De- oh, actually, I was out. I was out uh, uh, in Oruru when I was a kid, and we were hunting. And I just took my sister's boyfriend at the time, or fiance. Uh, um, anyway, he was like real new to the hunting and camping scene, and he took out my bolt of my ticket because he was just playing with it, and he actually cocked it outside the weapon. <laughs> and if anyone like has tried that, they're actually quite difficult to try and yeah, like decock. Yeah. You can't put the bolt back in in there. In the rifle without like decocking. Yeah, well, I haven't heard of yeah. that. Eh? Yeah, um, and they, there's a little tool that you get that you can get to make it easier. But if not, you kind of need a vice. So we were out there, and we were like, everyone's <laughs> trying to crank this handle like back up because it, it was closed. Sorry, it was cocked um, outside the gun, and no one can do it. No one could do it, and we ended up was a gun down that trip, but. One thing when I was growing up with my dad is we always took more guns than what we needed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I do the same sometimes. Yeah. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll put at least two deer rifles in and small yeah. game rifles. Yeah. and you, yeah. know, you need a backup for your backup. Yeah, we're, we're pretty lucky yeah. here. You know, we don't have any calibre restrictions yeah. per yeah. se. So, you know, yeah. I've taken a couple of small does with the Hornet running mm-hmm. into them, you know, the twenty two Hornet. Yeah. And that, you know, headshot yeah. with that drops, yeah. them, drops them beautifully. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that that's... Yeah, that's probably the worst I think that's happened to me, to be honest. I'm more worried these days. I wear contact lenses. I'm more worried about forgetting the <laughs> contact contact solution than I am anything. One of the worst worst <laughs> stories about losing something on a hunt, or not even a hunt. My grandparents used to do a fair bit of driving back in the day, and mm-hmm. you know, state to state, checking out on new places. The um, tailgate on the trailer swung out and Pop lost two rifles. Jeez. Back of it. 
Yeah. <laughs> the that, back of the tra- that'll do trailer. That'll 22 Hornet. And can't remember. It was, I think it was a Bruno of some sort. Yeah. So. Oh, the CZ will still work. <laughs> yeah. yeah. L- Jesus. Lost him. Never <laughs> Lost found him. him. Reported him. Yeah, yeah someone, someone's got a, got a free <laughs> Bruno. That, that, man, I rate highly CZ for rim fires, man. Well, actually, my first center fire was a CZ 550 American. Yeah. Uh, in two four three, and that thing was just a f- absolute fucking whip it. Yeah, my uh, stepdad's got a a model model two Bruno. And, yeah, oh, oh man, it's so good. Yeah. I love it. I Don't love that rifle. Yeah, and then Pop's got a got a it's a either two two three or twenty two two fifty um, Fox Bruno Fox. Yeah, oh, with the set trigger yeah, and yeah, yeah. Single set was my jam growing up, man. Yeah. Back before you could buy, well, before aftermarket triggers were affordable. But my dad swore by them up until like a few years ago. He's like, oh, is it a single set? I'm like, no. Nah. He's like, oh, no, forget about it. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, thanks, Dad. <laughs> What's the funniest hunting story you have? I can well, think of one you've spoken about on the podcast, and someone almost dying. Taking a film, a guy it. out filming. Oh, bro, <laughs> bro, dead set. So, like years and years ago, we started. We thought, oh, let's try and film our hunts. And there was this young kid that actually used to work for me, um, and he was like doing his oh, I don't know what you'd call it, major or, or his, his uh, degree in in filming. I don't know what you call it. <laughs> anyway, I was like, yeah, sick. Oh, do you want to come out with us and film us hunting and that? And, like, he had plenty of ideas and this and that. And, like, I hadn't, he had the equipment as well. And I had no idea what, it, like, uh, about tech. And it's certainly about cameras. And this is sort of on that bridge between where phones started getting good, um, like camera phones. Um, anyway, we took him out. We took him to this place that, Resembled a desert, so <laughs> South Australia, and out to the Dan Way or something. It was yeah, sort of. Oh, it was near Turo. Yeah, and um, so it actually wasn't that far out, but it was still like this is on the other side of Turo where it's getting flat, and yeah, it's pretty bad. Anyway, the poor bugger didn't bring water, so <laughs> we brought plenty of water. Um, anyway, we we're driving in, we're filming as we're driving in. Uh, and, you know, start doing our things and it started getting quite sunny and obviously in South Australia, like 34 degrees is pretty pretty damn common. Anyway, this guy was translucent, by the way. Like, he had <laughs> translucent skin. He did not have uh, any... Any pigment? Yeah, any <laughs> pigment in his skin. Um, about, oh, just, just after lunch, a couple of hours after lunch, and get, it was sort of stopped for a bit and we get back into to filming... Ryan's actually just gone off chasing an animal with his bow. Um, and it was ironic because Couchy, Couchy was back with me and Ryan took a shot at this animal and missed and he only took one arrow. So And he's looking back and waving someone to grab like another arrow and bring it down to him. Anyway, it's taken him like an hour and a half to get to this animal, <laughs> like this final approach of 50 metres. And Couchy's just like, oh, screw this. He's grabbed an arrow and just walked right up to Ryan. <laughs> and Ryan's full stealth mode, like ghost in the bushes, like dun, 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 dun. Couchy just walked straight up to him, giving him this arrow. 
and just walked back, <laughs> back and his animal was still standing there. Anyway, this poor dude, he's like trying to film and his sunstroke is hell. We're trying to give him water and we're trying to give him food and that and he's just sort of crawled over to me and he's like, can you ring my sister <laughs> to come pick me up? And I'm like, bro, that's like a... That's like two-hour drive for her. Is she going to do that? It's like, man, I'm not feeling well. Poor dude just like went into like this weird shock. Just went quiet for, oh, like after I rang his, his, his sister, said, look, he's not doing well. Can you come pick him up? I'll meet you on this road because she, she would not be able to find <laughs> this road. Uh, so we just sort of, I said, oh, we'll meet like on a main road. She's like, yeah, no dramas. I look over and for the next two hours, this dude just—he's whiter than translucent. He's like he's—you can see his blood vessels, um, and he's just not saying a word. He just couldn't move, just didn't say anything. And I'm like, bro, what are you doing? We ended up getting back and and dropping off to his sister. He kept working for me actually for for. <laughs> Many, so many he months didn't after die. That. So he didn't die. <laughs> yeah, just want to hold the phone there. He didn't die. But poor fellow was absolutely screwed. Um, after that, I was like, all right, no more plebs and no more people, like no one under the age of 20. <laughs> like I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not risking the biscuit. <laughs> Actually, Hayden, one of my best mates, uh, like uh, found out he was diabetic. <laughs> we were doing firewood season. We we're chopping firewood yeah. and selling it. And um, uh, like he was kept complaining about when he was driving home from work, how he couldn't see. I'm like, what do you mean you can't see, bro? <laughs> He's like, yeah, man. I I, I have to pull over because I, <laughs> I can't see. I'm like, all right. He's having these diabetic but, episodes yeah, on. The- like he he didn't know he was diabetic. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, okay, bro. Um, maybe you should go get that checked out. He left it for ages, and his mum caught him, uh, like having an episode, I don't know, or something, and said, "Go to the docks, go get checked out." And he ended up getting checked out, and the docks like, uh, "How do you still have limbs?" <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> like uh, his uh, insulin levels were just like non-existent. Yeah, wow. Um, and he's ended up coming back like a day later, and he's like, "I'm." I got diabetes. <laughs> what do you mean? He's like, yeah, I got diabetes. The poor dude was sculling like fifteen liters of water in like, you know, six hours. Yeah. I'm like, that's not normal. Uh, you, you're just a weirdo. <laughs> Why are you drinking so much? Water? Stop, stop having a break to drink and get back to what? <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> anyway, absolutely ludicrous, absolutely ridiculous. But uh, yeah, that's all. That was that. I don't know, two stories, funny stories, not hunting related, but that's all. So, probably the same thing, most dangerous thing to happen on a hunt. Or do you have some one up stories on? Yeah, I do. Uh, I'll keep them to myself. But, uh, <laughs> um, most dangerous thing to happen on a hunt. Oh. I'll have to come back to that, man, because what I think is dangerous on a hunt. Uh, yeah, I suppose you've been in some pretty yeah. pretty dangerous situations. Yeah, so it's a- not average person's pe- dangerous. People freak out, and I'm like, uh, yeah, look, I haven't, you know, I haven't been chased by you, a bear. You, anything, your your leg's hanging off. You're okay. We can yeah. get you. <laughs> that's, the, that's the thing. Like, I sort of sit there and go, oh, it's a 
to bruise or just rub it off or rub some sand on it and, and get on your way. So. Speaking of being injured, do you run an EPIRB or a... No, nah, bro. Anything no. like that? You don't have... Nah, no, I actually stopped carrying a medical kit. Yeah, I... Because I'm like, I've got a bit of clothes, a bit of cloth, got a belt... Caleb, Caleb saved uh, Ryan's ass out on one of your southeast trips recently, full driving. Yeah, someone came unstuck. And what did he do? I don't know. I think Ryan hurt himself somehow. Skypower, please tell me it was Skypower. I don't know. I just remember him <laughs> him holding his elbow up. Oh no, nah, that's right. We went we went <laughs> fishing on the way. coast, man. Uh, nah, down in uh, north. Um, oh, north was it? Not down. It was north. Um, yeah, Ryan caught up with a dude or met some guy and he had this homemade peewee and got on it and and decided, like, this peewee didn't have a clutch. Uh, he ended up coming off the bike and grazing his arm. I was sitting there looking at him going, it's a graze, get over it. And then, like, two weeks later, his arm's still not healed up and it's all manked. I'm like, oh, maybe that was worse. When they put it up on the send it, mate, story, yeah. I just sent back the... Um the stepbrothers yeah, meme. Yeah, yeah, 100% that's what it was like, bro. <laughs> 100%. I, I lost it, man. I'd, I'd actually bounced into town for a shower. Like, just how yeah. he's holding his elbow yeah. out. I've, as soon yeah. as I've seen it, I'm just oh. like, how has he not thought of this? Yeah. So I sent through the meme straight yeah. away, and Caleb's yeah. like, you're a funny fucker. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, definitely. You're definitely quick, that's, that's for sure. And your, your video editing skills, your photo editing skills are... On point. <laughs> it's just because I like taking the piss out of people, really. <laughs> but Top five dream hunts, animals. Top five. Wow. All right, so this is... I've said this on Send It, mate, actually. Um, the number one thing I want to hunt in this world is actually a, a wolf. Yeah. Um, I Badass. like the challenge of something that... It, that is smart enough to work in a pack and it's it's almost it feels like it's a worthy adversary you know you sort of they're like, a cool yeah. creature man they're, yeah big as beautiful. well yeah big beautiful yeah. and just yeah. you know the, yeah. like I, I shot that coyote in mexico and they're just a yeah. little wolf and they, yeah. they were cool enough to hunt i um so i shot shot the um the, the female coyote and then a couple of days later i called some in and I had a shot at one with a bow, but it was through some pretty thick scrub, but just calling them in and hearing them sounding off and howling yeah, and yelping yeah. around like Air Force. They're like they're, they're working gonna, together, man. They're just yeah. consistently like in communication and they know what's what and what's great, what's like, good for the greater good. I like how smart they are. Mm. That the alphas aren't in front, like, you know, mm. you look at elephants where the matriarch is in front leading yeah. the back, where the alpha male and female are at the very back yeah. and the oldest animals at the front. Yeah. Like, and then they've got all the... Yeah, man. Like, yeah. that's... It's it's that's, smart. It's sophisticated. They probe. They do something yeah. what, like we do in the infantry. Military, yeah. Is, is probing, man, and, and it's like to find vulnerabilities and you're like, wow. I'm not sure how much bow hunting stuff you've immersed yourself in, but have you? Do you know who John Dudley is? John Dudley, heard yeah, the name. Yeah, so he's an Olympic archer, mm-hmm. insane hunter. Um, he tells a story on the Joe Rogan Experience where he got he shot an elk with his bow. Mm-hmm. The elk died in a wolf den. Mm-hmm. They've gone down to retrieve this elk, and they've looked around, and there's just bones everywhere. 
They've had a pack of wolves come in. He's got four arrows left, or four or five arrows. His mate with a rifle as backup has got three rounds for the rifle. <laughs> and there's like eight wolves. And they ended up killing like four or five wolves yeah. coming in. And he shot yeah. all four of his arrows. He shot one. Yeah. <laughs> shot a wolf with yeah. like it's... That's... So that's the thing, man. Like it just feels sort of... And look, I understand that... It, this is probably more trophy hunting, and I'm I'm definitely a milk. Oh, how hunter. good would a would a wolf but, rug look on the floor, yeah, man? Yeah, or I want to make wolf. a chair out of uh, uh, two wolves, actually, um, just a sitting chair. But uh, and that that goes against, in my mind, actually, how I am as a hunter. Because for me, hunting is more about meat. More well, about it's food it's, stuff it's, it's different here it's in, in Australia, like. Yes, we're big on the conservation side, but it's more pest control than anything. Yeah. Where over there, it's it's keeping numbers intact yeah. and taking out the yeah. whether it's the oldest animal or yeah. all of that stuff, yeah. depending on what the tags are. Like bears, my top like black bear, like yeah. just black bear, black bear, black oh, yeah. with a bow. Oh, like that's that's, that's that's a different story. Yeah. yeah, I feel like there's parts in the states where you just like. Walk up to a rubbish bin and there'd be a bear, black bear, and you'd be like, "But you can't hunt there." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I also like the work that the guys, the bow hunters, and all that do to chase black bears with dogs. They, no, 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 just no, straight no, up, just you do it. No tree dog. stand or yeah. whatever. Yeah. These guys, they go to all the donut shops after the close and all the bakeries and get yeah. all these donuts, and they just yeah. in areas that it's legal to bait. They put donuts yeah. in these barrels, yeah. man, and they yeah. just wait. Like <laughs> yeah. my my favorite video to watch is a guy called Clay Newcomb who works yeah, for Meat Eater now. Definitely. And he's a, he's is yeah. is a trad bow hunter primarily. But mm. he's draws back on this bear and the bear walks up, its nose touches the tip of his arrow. And oh, then yeah. uh, like goes to walk off and he let lets the arrow off and just nails this bear. Yeah, and oh, it's it's. I've watched it probably a thousand times, man. Like, That's a good hunter, man. It's, it's a, yeah to get he's, back he's close in to a ground blind, man. He's sitting yeah. in a ground blind, and the bear walks up and nudges the tip of yeah. his arrow. This is a trad bow. Yeah. So this this bear is from me to you away. Yeah. Like that's that'll get you. Yeah, <laughs> that'll get you. Your tingles going. So that's for sure. wolf is your number one. What? Yeah, definitely. Um, the next one would probably be. Sort of elk, yeah. Um, Anywhere in particular, I just want to hear any like uh, is, is it Colorado mainly for you? Yeah, or? I think I think I'd I'd like to hunt Colorado uh, for elk, um, but look, beggars can't be choosers. So anyway, uh, <laughs> I think my third would be oh, so you've got dad. a couple of. North American species. Yeah. Now you got a or African dad, species or Barbary sheep. I would other, l- otherwise known as yeah. I'd like to hit actually um, Pakistan. Yeah, they do an Ordad hunt, and I'd like to do it in Pakistan. Yeah, um, um, and you have look, some cool stories of ibex walking through some of your military yeah, camps and look, stuff look dude actually this is the funniest thing and this is in the middle of a town i was sort of like uh, the outside security for this uh sort of like a key leadership engagement so i'm meeting with with elders 
And I was sitting there in this blown up Humvee and I just put my, I was just rocking a, uh, HK416. Yeah, so it was a 7.62, essentially like an AR-10. Um, anyway, I've just sort of like crawled up into this blown up Humvee just on the side of the road and thought, oh, I'll just chill here. Seems like a bit of shade, cool, whatever. And there was a building in front of me that was half built and it was a full building. Like a, you don't picture this, I guess, in Afghanistan, but it was a full building. And I'm sitting there... Borders hell half of the time, yeah. borders anything, and I'm just sitting there. I'm like, yeah, sick, whatever. <laughs> and next minute, this um, Ibex just walks in front of me out of nowhere. I'm like, what? <laughs> so I understand you probably didn't shoot it, but what's the what's the rules? Like you're in the military, you're waiting there, you're doing defence. Oh, look, we, we would you be to, allowed to shoot it, or you're not, or what's oh, the? You could get like, away with it because you weren't into your hunting as much back then. You were. I was, was but work. it was just time. Yeah. Work, work just took precedence of everything, man. Um, like, would you get in shit um, if you? <laughs> you you could. I we we shot dogs in Afghan because yeah. they would they would be feed on bodies. pretty much early yeah. early warning actually. Yeah. So you'd walk, you'd you could move into a sort of like town or whatever, and dogs would bark and. Uh, you'd be like, all right, because that alert yeah, everyone yeah. that you're there. So you'd be like, um, and we carried suppressors and subsonic ammunition actually. So with subs and a suppressor, it's real core yeah. actually. Um, so you can. There was plenty of that. There was, um, but for game, I mean, I know our cooks used to like go out and sort of like get meat, yeah. like shoot a goat or something yeah. like that, but. Um, yeah, because so I I don't think I would be able to control myself if you know this bit. This they are tiny. Yeah, you yeah. know that. Like the so the new it's ridiculous. There's like today is the the fourth of February. So the new season, the new half of the new season of Meat Eaters just come out, and yes, he's got an ibex hunt in. Um, oh, here ibex hunt. He's got an ibex hunt in New Mexico because they've oh, got a wild population wait. of feral ibex. In they New have Mexico. ibex in New Mexico. In New Mexico, yeah, right. Yeah. They also have. Um, uh, oh fuck! What are they called? Not sable. Um, Gemsbok in New oh, Mexico, yeah. wild. Really, you can do wild Gemsbok. I, I think it's Gemsboks or something very similar. Bloody hell. Yeah, they got feral Ibex and feral, but they've got a tagging system for them. Yeah, yeah. I feel like that would be quite, the population would be quite small. I think it's about 400 animals yeah. in this in this region in New Mexico, and they only give out so many billy tags. Yeah. But you can, the billy tags are hard to get. It's a once-in-a-lifetime draw. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you draw it, whether you take the animal or not, it's once-in-a-lifetime. But you can also get nanny and juvenile tags. That's a tag for a season, yeah. Yeah. So you've got a season to hunt. Yeah, but whatever the season. Yeah, like the, a month or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So you'd be out there for the thirty think, days. Think of like the f- think of like the Flinders, but worse. That's what they're, they're living <laughs> in. Like, think of we will peanut pound like Mate, Cliff here. Done plenty of hunting there. That yeah, sort yeah. Of stuff. But that's it's it's yeah. cool, man. It's, <laughs> uh, at least it gets cold at night there. Oh, it gets yeah. cold at night here, but yeah, I feel like we're in the desert. Yeah. Um, <laughs> It's terrible. It, it, Nothing lives inside out joke here. there with the send it, mate. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing lives out here, mate. I'm surprised Ruse live. <laughs> Some days I'm like, how, how do you live out <laughs> this shit? <laughs> oh dear. Yeah, but 
if an Ibex walked out, I don't think I would have been. Like, yeah. Sorry, man. Sorry. I, I lined <laughs> it up in my scope. Don't get me wrong. I was like, yeah, this this, yeah, yeah. No. I, I had to stay professional and stay yeah. on task, yeah. unfortunately. Um, and a couple of incidents occurred after that, to be honest. <laughs> I was probably pretty happy I didn't go pew, pew. So that's uh, three or five. What else? So you, you got wolf, you got um, elk, you got Barbary sheep or, or Ordad. Yeah, well, I tossed up with this for a long time because my parents are Christian and there's a bit of sort of relation between lions and Christianity. Um, but I want to hunt a lion. Mountain lion or African lion? African, yep. Yeah, that'd be um, sick. I'd, I'd, yeah, definitely... Would give that a go. I wouldn't pass it up. That's for sure. And the fifth one I will do this year. Um, that is get a cracker red. Yeah. Fingers crossed. April yeah. Hainsey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> love you, dude. Yeah. Love, love you, bro. <laughs> so, yeah. To be honest, reds have, have eluded me uh, too too much. Yeah. Way too much. So yeah. Yeah. Like. I've I've seen a couple of cracker stags, but I just haven't been in a position where I've been able to shoot them. But yeah, I got oh, a, yeah, I got a hind and a couple of spikers. Bring worth, bring, bring worth. <laughs> <laughs> you see plenty along, and then you're like, oh. Yeah. So this. for anyone listening, that's Water Valley down in the southeast <laughs> of South Australia. Um, Rich and I have covered that before. How do you see the public views on hunters? Oh, I had this conversation actually the other night with Kat, uh, my missus. Um, I'm just drinking all your rum here. Um, <laughs> Sorry, I was free from work. I've been on the other end of people... Well, the conversation actually stemmed from the whole I hate or don't mess with cats thing <laughs> on YouTube. Um, Netflix. Netflix, sorry, yeah. Um, so I've been on the receiving end of people... Uh, pretty much saying, oh, you know, I wish someone kills you and this and that. Um, yeah, I've uh, know all yeah, about that. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You've had it worse than me, man. Like way worse than me. Um, and it, I don't enjoy it because they're just misled with. It's feelings. It's people putting human emotions into animals. And There's that, and they, they don't understand the, they, what we're doing. They see their house animals and farm animals, and every animal has been very disnified, like, you know, yeah. Bambi and all of that stuff. So, Yeah, and it it's annoying because it, it's not how we operate and we utilise this, this animals, uh, these animals for, for food and things like this. I have found since Corona, though, people have been more open yeah. to it because of yeah. all the supply chain issues, you know. Yeah. Not just that, there's a fad going around, like organic meat. You're like, yeah, mate, we've been doing this for years. You guys are just slow. What's on this chopping board in front yeah. of us? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're just like, you're behind the eight ball. Uh, we've been only, actually by, only <laughs> by a couple million, million years, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like a long time. Um, and people are just misconstrued in in where we get our meat from. And to be honest, it's it's actually a nicer death than the abattoirs because we have halal obviously here. Yeah. Um. So it's got to be killed a certain yeah, I worked, way. I worked three years mm. on a slaughter floor, man. Yeah, <laughs> and it's not 
pretty. I'd rather a bullet than getting my neck cut. Yeah, it's 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 different for sure. You know, these animals live a completely wild life until yep. we pull that trigger or we mm. let that arrow fly. And we're selective. And a, you know, it so. could be a couple of minutes, mm-hmm. you know. You know, yep. stuff does happen. Oh, we, does. All, we all put off bad shots, but mm-hmm. still, you know, this animal's... We're projecting our human emotions and ethics yeah. into it, you know. And like I heard on the podcast I was listening today, you know, the buck's not going to wake up. Oh, where's Gary? Like, yeah. you know, it's, me it's and Gary also, were fighting yesterday. That's It's also not, you know, in a line. And the animals, an animal in front, in say, in a line to be slaughtered, obviously starts making noise, can see what's happening and it's distressed and that passes along down the line. So then as soon as they start getting distressed, they start building up adrenaline. Uh, and, yeah, all the and, hormone effects. Yeah. And, and then that, that spoils stuff. the meat and yeah. things like that. Uh, now, with that, we're all accustomed to meat tasting a certain yeah. way because we buy it from the shops. It's not like that in yeah. real life. No. not like that at all. You know. Like you go kill a lamb from the paddock and then taste it, and then taste a bought, store-bought lamb, they're different. Yeah, but even Rog- Rogan says, like, you compare domestic animals, farm animals, yeah. compared to yeah. wild animals, yeah. Yeah. it's like eating someone that only eats KFC every day of their life exactly. to eating yes. yeah. an Olympic they're, athlete. They're being fed to, to be fat and yield the biggest result, weight, Um Compared to survival, yeah. you know, and, and eating, and they're lean. And I think that's where we get a lot of our um, health issues from, actually, is eating these products that that really have just been adjusted to yield the biggest profit. 100%. And that's including our crops. Our crops are gen- – we don't have nat- like a, a normal crop anymore they've all been genetically modified to grow in our climate man Uh, carrots were purple they they weren't orange you know yeah it's ridiculous man absolutely crazy but um hey that's why i hunt how would you change the public views on hunting and hunters look this is part of senate mate podcast this is this is my, my way of of trying um at, at trying to change the opinion, but also grow the the community. Um, and you guys are doing that every Saturday, almost with your with your skeet shooting and your clays. Yeah, look, uh, clays. Are, I'm going to be taking up and trying uh, PRS this year as well, um, and obviously the the podcast itself and yeah. dinners. The dinners um, are is, yeah. is a great thing. Yeah, you know, just they're slowly getting bigger and bigger, and more yeah, people as yeah. the community. Yep, and that that's the thing. Look, that's just my my way, and obviously Senate mates' way of trying to to change yeah. and help it grow. Yeah, I don't I don't really know how else to put it because to. That's all I want out of it. And you share a bit of your game meat too from the deer you shoot from what I've heard as well. So yeah, I see that yeah. as a as Plenty. a very big thing. Plenty. And I'd, People I would just want to get bigger. I would like, like Josh Haynes has been a huge influence on me. Um, and I would like to just extend what he's doing. Yeah. Essentially with, with sharing meat. Shares meat, takes new guys out. 
yep. takes plebs like us out. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. The dude's uh, a book of knowledge. Yeah, oh, he's, uh, like, he's insane. Yeah. He just lives I, and breathes hunting. I don't know how. More than all of us combined. Yeah, I don't know how he, <laughs> yeah, he we operates, had this, man. We had this discussion <laughs> like, last time. Just insane. <laughs> so what is hunting to you? Um, so apart from an outlet to focus, yeah, uh, absolute, um, it's also my roots, my heritage, um, and that's a big thing for me. Uh, I don't get emotional these days, unfortunately, uh, but when I think about hunting, it, it is my emotion, it is, it's my lineage, um, yeah, it's it's just who I am, and it's who yeah. it's what makes me a better person. A hundred percent, man. Like if I'm if I haven't gone hunting in a few weeks, my yep. wife's just like Zach, mm. you need to go. Yep, and you're an asshole. It's not go. just shooting animals for me. It's about the ocean as well, man. About fish. Uh, I'm a huge, huge, huge seafood fan. Um, just not a great fisherman. Yeah, look, <laughs> Darwin, man, I killed it. In Darwin, to be honest, and I lost that when I came back here. And it's all our little guppies. Yeah, I just was catching nothing and couldn't get my head around it and was like, oh, stuff this. I was um, chatting to Couch. Yeah. You guys need to go hit up the reservoirs, man. Go get your yeah. $30 permit. Yeah. Go down, head down to Happy Valley. Go catch yeah. yourself some cod, man. Like See, this is hard because when I was young, I fished the reservoirs yeah. illegally. As we, as, <laughs> as we all did. Um, and caught nothing. They weren't stopped, stopped yeah. Now. <laughs> <laughs> so it put me off. Um, but, yeah, that that is definitely – actually, your cod was pretty nice the other day. That's that, some good effort. Man. That's the average that's size. They released five to eight kilo cod out there, a thousand of them. Far out. Yeah. Happy Valley. Happy Valley. Far out. People man. catching them on lures, in kayaks, Damn. land base. You know, there's three four-year-olds that are going out there. Can you camp it? At no. Ha- no. Nah, damn. But it's just a drive. It's it's not that far. It's forty five minutes for us. Yeah, but if I'm staying out there, I'm if I'm out there, I'm gonna stay out there. Yeah, but you'll catch five six cod cod in a day, and you'll be like, yeah, no, nah, I'm done. Five, mate, I haven't even caught one cod <laughs> yeah, in my life. That's how right? I that's how I felt. Like <laughs> I had a mate Lee. He, he he's a big Senate mate fan. Um, he went out there before I did. He caught thirteen cod in the kayak. Jesus. In one day. I'm like, what the fuck? I still don't believe it. I've, I've got three. There's no fish in South Australia. Yeah, yeah. None. Whatsoever. <laughs> we live in a desert. Yeah, There's no yeah, water yeah. here. <laughs> <laughs> We're surrounded by land. <laughs> uh, again, Hainsey needs to take it. 13. 13 cod. People catching like 20 a day down there. Release, it's, obviously. It's catch and release yeah. for cod. Mm-hmm. But if you hit the other reservoirs, you can catch callop and silver perch and take two of them, and then redfin, if you catch redfin, you can keep them. Yeah, I don't believe they exist. Yeah. <laughs> but, dude, it's I only caught three cod when I was down there. But oh, only. You know, that's oh. three more cod than I... Uh, <laughs> yeah, three more cod than me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, damn. How would you like to be remembered? Ooh. You can go two ways in this. You can be like, oh, you want to... Stimulate the hunting community and be remembered that way, or just, mate. I just want to be remembered as the larrikin you are. <laughs> be remembered. Well, this is a thing. This is a part of, I guess, you, your other question. Um, 
what's hunting to me is hunting is not as doom and gloom as what every Australian YouTube video out there is is on. It's like ominous, oh, and then you shoot an animal and they're like, oh, fucking, where? <laughs> no, they're like, oh, you know, it's uh, it seems unhappy. You know, when I shoot an animal, it brings joy and life to me because I know that's food and I know I get to share that food and the fun experience around eating those food and having a beer with the people that I love. Um, and all I want to be remembered is, yeah, just, just to bring a bit of joy into the hunting community, yeah. maybe, maybe. No, that's a, that's a good answer. Yeah. And this one that yeah, you, you I'm had. I'm going to die for a while. Like, <laughs> like I'm out living Caleb. I've made a bet on this man. Yeah. That's not hard with the lifestyle he lives. Yeah. <laughs> Caleb, you're fat. <laughs> <laughs> What's the most random fact you know? Okay, so I checked myself on this, but a dolphin's vagina has actually evolved to reject weak sperm. Yeah, wow. So very similar to a duck. <laughs> yeah. a, a, have, yeah. you, have you heard that? The yeah, duck's got yeah. the trap vagina yeah. and ducks have a corkscrew penis. Yeah. But and they have like trap doors and <laughs> I don't know how it works, but it rejects all unwanted xenal fluid. <laughs> so, like, this so is you supposed keep, to be PG. <laughs> you, you keep getting rejected then. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah pretty much. <laughs> You've been doing too many of those LSD studies with dolphins. <laughs> yeah. That's probably the the the, the craziest thing. That, I know. I was trying to that, that's, that's I had point. to fact check myself. Because I'm like, hang on, is this it, real? It took us 20 minutes to start the podcast because he had to go over his research. Yeah, just to... yeah, pretty much. But that's that's probably the weirdest thing that I know. I actually seen it. I've got a mate that used to. Um, you seen it? What? No, no, not dolphins, <laughs> but ducks. Well, not ducks, but silkies. I've got a mate that used to uh, AI silkies. Um, that was pretty crazy because he put the jizz on the spoon and then he'd, he'd massage the um hand back and it would pulsate the vagina yeah. <laughs> yeah tip the spoon in full of stuff yep there you go you guys and girls have a uh, biology listen yeah. lesson as well yeah yeah <laughs> so if people liked what they've heard on this episode um where can they listen to you and where can they find you on social media Oh, look, uh, they can obviously listen to us on um, Senate Mate Podcast. Um, that's found on? Like uh, Spotify, Buzzsprout, or any Buzzsprout platform. Yeah, iTunes, yeah, YouTube, iTunes. Yeah. All, of, all um, of the major. YouTube we haven't branched into yeah. just yet uh, for public. We're still working on it. Um, and my own handle is just Pro Hunter. Um, that's it. Pretty I much. do have to laugh at that because before I was Aussie underscore Arrow on Instagram, mm-hmm. it was Prozac 27. <laughs> so, yes. yeah. <laughs> Look, uh, pro for me doesn't mean pro professional. It actually, because uh, I grew up in a a Christian household, it actually is a verse from the Bible. Okay. And it's, uh, it's my way of abbreviating in a funny, because I'm not a professional, 
uh, way uh, of Proverbs twelve twenty seven: the okay. lazy man shall not partake in roasting his own game. There you go. So Prozac for me was because Prozac's an antidepressant, and I like to make uh, people yeah. happy. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's right. It's on that. Oh, it's one of my favourite songs, actually. Uh, Offspring. Um, oh, yeah. What's it? The the song's gonna come to yeah, me yeah. a second. Uh, <laughs> he's getting a tattoo. Yeah, he's pretty getting fly, ink, pretty fly it. for a white guy. Yeah. You should know that all too well, man. <laughs> that's it, man. That was one of my favorite songs growing up. I'm like, yeah, it was about you, wasn't it? <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> anyway, man, thanks for coming on. Really appreciate it. My pleasure. My pleasure. Um, so yeah, any anyone that uh, wants to listen to Josh, Ryan, Caleb, that's Send a Mate podcast. Oh, no one wants to listen to Ryan. All right, <laughs> let's just stop it there. Yeah, you, you're it, jumping it, on for Caleb or Josh. He's, he's a bit of an oaf. He, um, <laughs> <laughs> but these guys don't want to give him credit. He is a funny motherfucker. No, yeah, don't don't ever say that again, uh, ever. <laughs> <laughs> don't. Well, he's witty. I'll e- give him e- that. Every every yeah. time you like, yeah. don't encourage him. I yeah. send him a message. C- keep it up, man. No, keep don't. <laughs> don't. I've actually You're thought the about reason, making. He's the only reason I listen to the podcast <laughs> half the time. You know, <laughs> I've thought about making a fake account just to like send him messages saying, "Oh, you're terrible. Yeah. Get off the air." <laughs> Poor right. No, it's pretty funny. It was actually pretty funny a couple of weeks ago going, oh, it's a couple of months ago now, but rocking up to site to ring the site contact. Oh, I got your deliveries. No worries. I'll send, I'll, I'll send my guy out to come pick it off. And this big lanky motherfucker comes out, big beard. I'm like, is that Ryan? <laughs> he rocks up and he's like, Zach. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that he remembered you yeah. is amazing because he's got a terrible memory. Well, I was talking to him first and he's like looking at me. I'm like, yes, it is who you think it is. <laughs> oh, he lives in his world, man. He's, he's in he's in Ryan's world. Yeah. But it is a, it is a R-rated podcast. It is funny as all hell. And yeah. if you like a good laugh, you like shooting, you like arguments between semi-automatics and non-semi-automatics, it is the podcast to listen to. But yeah, again, thank you, Josh, for coming on. No, thank you, man. So thank you for listening today. Um, Please find us on all our social media, Instagram, Hunting Connection Podcast, Facebook, Hunting Connection Podcast, and Twitter, at Hunting Connect. Also, please subscribe on whatever podcast app you're listening on, rate and review. Thank you for listening.